Hey, my phone went off. Hey, somebody's streaming on the Players Alliance. We should watch that show. That sounds cool. kids it's time to roll for another party because you've all been wiped it is the xp quest podcast hey we're having a fantastic night so far we're just winging this again because we don't believe in show notes isn't that right that's pretty much it that's the spirit of this is fast and loose (laughs) fast and loose you know i'm trying to do this show exactly how i played this game that we're featuring tonight And it didn't end well for the game, so I'm hoping the podcast goes a little better. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, the game we're supposed to be trying to play was Ultima 3, and um, I must admit, I hit a brick wall myself and got distracted by Might and Magic 1. (laughs) Of which I was like, you know what? If we would have changed the idea midweek, I would have totally done it with you. But I, I persisted on with the Ultima 3, so. So uh, I, I want to send a shout out to all our listeners out there. Somehow we've made it to episode 10. So thank you, Ray. Cheers to you. <laughs> so uh, you. tonight, I'm in honor of uh, Ultima, I'm drinking a chalice of Guinness. Like I had to go find like a chalice-like cup. <laughs> you know, it's what Lord British would want, really. Okay, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> So uh, we're streaming live, uh, God, it's July 28th, 2016, and of course tonight's show topic is Ultima 3 Exodus. So, uh, or old games. Yeah, or old games. Yeah, <laughs> Ultima 3 Exodus hyphen or old games. <laughs> uh, more particularly, probably uh, old RPGs. You know... I still think we should go back and do another show where we just go deep diving into some of these other ones because the Might and Magic series just, uh, that was where my heart oh. was. That really mm. was where my heart was. <laughs> like, I never owned Ultima growing up, but I knew, I had a friend that played it on their Apple IIc, and yep. I just sat there and just all, because I'm like, I just, I don't even know what's going on. So, so I right off the bat, uh... Ultima Exodus, it is the third game in the Ultima series. Uh, Exodus is also the name of the game's principal antagonist. It was released in 1983, and it was the first Ultima game published by Origin Systems, originally developed for the aforementioned Apple II. Exodus was eventually ported to 13 other platforms, including NES Famicom Remake. So which, where, how did you play this game? Uh, that would have been on the Commodore 64. Okay. And th- this time around, where did you play? Like a, a Commodore? It- well, <laughs> I wish. Um, <laughs> like on a, on a pr- port? It, pr- it probably would have been better. No, I actually uh, pulled it up on uh, GOG as yeah. uh, one of their emulators. So uh, whatever uh, version they've emulated, I it does, didn't ring a bell with me, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, so... So, uh, yeah... Gog plays it in a pre-made DOS box, so it's running the MS-DOS version, so it's very, Mm. 
very kludgy graphics. Very kludgy graphics. <laughs> and it was a system shock to myself when I was just like, we dove back into this game. I'm like, yes! And it fired up on my 27-inch monitor and full screen and widescreen. And I'm like, oh! Like, I just like... It was like uh, staring the, into the uh, sun. It was bad. And the uh, the blaring music? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the music <laughs> and the sound effects. <laughs> the sound effects are like, what? Like, they don't even make sense. <laughs> But, I mean, was the sound effects basically intended to run through the computer PC speaker? You know how old computers used to yes. have, like, a little tiny speaker inside? The, that's probably yeah, it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, I think it was back in the... Uh, actually, I don't, I don't know when they actually got rid of those speakers, whether it was uh, in the XT or AT days. Yeah. Um, I'm, just try, I'm trying to remember when sound cards came, came, came into the four... I think that was somewhere around the 286386, if I remember rightly. Yeah, because I remember when I, I started building like my first like 386-ish kind of a computer, they had devolved down to the speaker being just like a little buzzer kind of a thing. It just made like a mm. beep sound. You know, that's it. Yeah. <sighs> okay, so the first time I saw this game, of course, was at my friend's house on his Apple IIc, the, the consumer version. And it was just pure green screen, right? Uh, the Apple IIc, I don't think, it, I don't, I, I don't believe his had color. So it was just green and black. <laughs> and, um, oh, yeah. God. But at the time, when you looked at the games that were comparable to it, this is 83, right? Um, the the few games that we had on the the Texas Instrument ninety nine four A that we you know grew up with were horrible compared to this thing. This thing was just mind blowing because you're just like, whoa, look at that, look at the level, you know. And then now you play it today and you're like, wow, this does not age well. <laughs> but the thing that I had completely forgotten about was how 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 crazy in depth the game was like at, on the surface it looks so basic right and uh yeah we're, we're, we're gonna get drac in here drac's gonna get on here he's gonna join our our, our disc discord page here <laughs> <laughs> send that guy an invite <laughs> uh basically it, the 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 customization i guess on the surface is just unbelievable because it doesn't even seem like it right from the get-go. Because you're just like, okay, the, the the character creation is so basic, and and it's confusing as all hell. And I it took I I spent like 20 minutes trying to figure out how to start the game, and uh, and then finally uh, I I was like, uh, just to hell with this, and I went and found the manual, like, <laughs> <laughs> which is a quest in itself. And, uh, yeah, like on page 36 of the manual is how to create a person, right? <laughs> yeah, the actual manual for uh, uh, Ultima 3 was a little vague. Yeah. <laughs> they just, but you could tell, though, it was like a scanned printed manual. Like, they just, they did it that way back in the day. Kids these days have no idea how fun it was to read a paper manual. So... <laughs> Okay, we actually have a guest. Ooh. Invite him in. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, 
think I'll just uh, have to uh, verbal. I can't uh, click and drag because I'm not actually the oh, admin of that. the. Oh, there you go. <laughs> do you have a microphone guest? Yes, I do. Woohoo! Introduce yourself. I am Superpa. Superpa. I love that. <laughs> so this is this is a PG show. So watch your goddamn mouth or something. Yeah. Keep it above belt, <laughs> if possible. <laughs> so what's your experience with uh, Ultima 3? I've never played any of the Ultima games. This is the best guest you've ever invited on, Ray. <laughs> hey, it's better than that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure Sopopa's got a history. <laughs> I've been playing console games since the late 80s. I got into PC in the last few years, aside of WoW and a few outliers. Okay. Okay. So maybe you'll you'll have a little bit more experience, like when we get when we get later on into like the um, uh, the might and magicy sort of stuff. Correct. I never should play this series either. Uh. <laughs> so what was on the consoles back then, anyway? You know, there wasn't consoles. I mean, there. I mean, would you consider the the Commodore sixty four a console? Really? Not really. No. Yeah. Like if it had a keyboard, it wasn't considered a console. <laughs> no, actually, <laughs> yeah. no. I no. I actually, Commodore sixty four. You could almost call it, call a console because it had a cartridge. It did, but so did you know the. I grew up with the TI, right? The Texas Instrument, and that had the the games for it were awesome, but it was like Atari ish games. Like there was really, there was zero text. You know, it was just straight mm. up pixel graphics and. And the response, and there was a joystick, but the response was horrible. <laughs> it was it was bad. Yeah, uh, but uh, if yeah, with the uh, Commodore sixty four, even I'm not sure if uh, joysticks came out with that until a few years later. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember having one. Yeah, at that stage. So the thing that really actually impressed me about this game was. I like I like I said before. I grew up loving the Dragon Quest stuff. You know, I love that art style, the simplistic eight bit graphics, right? And when I played this game, it was it was like okay, I could see the systems there, right? I could probably get into mm. it, but the the interface was killing me playing it through DOSBox. <laughs> so I was about to completely give up on this game, and then I saw on the Wikipedia page that there was a NES version, and I'm like, oh yeah, dummy, I actually had this on a cart, like, across the basement. I'm like, ah, oh. but I figured it out, like, too late, I'm like, I just, I, work took over, and I couldn't have enough time to play it, so, boo. <laughs> Yeah, uh, my uh, little foray with the, uh, the ultimate, it got me realizing how real time the game was for something back then oh yeah 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 because there's like wait cycles and like something as stupid as like the moon phases was in this game right like mm. in the nes dragon warrior series that wasn't even added until i believe the second game <laughs> so it was the second or third one which was like 1990-ish, you know? So it was like 10 years ahead of its time in some of the, the, the various features. Um, the thing that really... 
threw me off, I guess right from the get-go, of course, was unless you actually have played an Ultima game before and know about it, the combat and, I mean, the, the everything, just simply talking to somebody, interacting with NPCs is not intuitive. Mm. There is z- There is zero tutorial. It just dumps you right into a castle. No idea what the quest is. Actually, it, it dumps you outside of a castle. Like it doesn't even put you Very in. The, true. It doesn't even put you like next to some guy to say, "Hey, come here." <laughs> you know or how to get into castle? Exactly. <laughs> you have to go over and hit the E to enter. <laughs> but uh, unless you've literally read the manual and sort of memorized all of the various keyboard commands, you know, which are basically like one letter, you know, E for enter. Uh, a for attack, whatever, you know, uh, the game is just brutal <laughs> and they just don't do that anymore. And, and, and I think that's no. where, that's where a lot of the games these days, I think, I think somebody needs to make a game like this where it's just brutally honest, you know? Well, I don't know how bad the legend of Grimrock was because I didn't uh, well, I, I have it, but I never really got into it as much mm-hmm. because I really should have, due to the fact that uh, I actually was one of the, uh, uh, I suppose, people that uh, did play Eye of the Beholder back in the day when it first came <laughs> out. Uh, we had a, a computer science teacher, which um, on the all the ATs that they had at the high school, had loaded up Eye of the Beholder on every single AT that was there, and us. Um, I don't know, what do we call ourselves, nerds or geeks? I can't remember which, which one it was. <laughs> but we'd spend our lunch hours in there just play, playing away with the Eye of the Beholder. It's just ridiculous. Eye of the Beholder was so good. <laughs> I have played some Grimrock. Got a couple floors in. I had mm-hmm. one of those weird things where my other computer was so slow that I couldn't actually complete one of the puzzles on the on the graphics that I was playing. And I had to lower them to complete one of the puzzles. And then huh. raise back up for the other one. Yeah, let the, okay, so I played a significant amount of Legend of Grimrock. I, I think I probably got maybe halfway through it is what I'm guessing, right? By no mm-hmm. ways am I good at the game, but I think where I started to stall in that is that Legend of Grimrock with its like real-time sort of strategy where things are constantly moving around, whether or not you move, things are moving around. Um, yep. It's, That's um, very, very eye of the beholder as well. <laughs> it's... Uh, it, it, it eventually turns into a sidestepping game where you're constantly dodging mm. sideways and attacking as best as you can. And, um, you know, it. if you get really good at that, you could beat the game, right? And I just, I got to the point where I was just like, I was just fumbling with the controls all the time. And I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> I got excessively good at dying to snails. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, the snails are pretty... I forgot about the snails. <laughs> it's like the <laughs> early game slimes, you know? <laughs> Strangely enough, there's actually a raid encounter in WoW that has slimes that can kill you in one hit. True. <laughs> so, um... Actually, yeah, since I hit that roadblock with um, Ultima 3 and got to the stage where it's like, oh, okay... 
I, I drift, drifted off onto, again, an, as another new, older release, which was, I think, I'm not sure new if it New older release, the, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it may have happened around the same time, but uh, Might and Magic 1, which released in 1986. Yeah. Um, it The controls, very, very similar. The mechanics, very, very similar, using... The uh, like the majority of your keyboard for basically selecting uh, choices here or there, whether you want to cast a spell, attack, or what have you, and also maintained a you you needed a reference card to cast spells. They oh yeah. Didn't... <laughs> that was the other thing. I was going to talk about that. I was going to talk about that. You needed a reference card just so you could like you know your spells. After a little while, after in my Magic One, I actually started to remember the the uh, the the, the uh, spells and the uh, combination numbers that you most commonly cast. Yeah, um, I watched someone's YouTube video sort of explaining. Uh, Ultima three deeper, right? And mm-hmm. I, I like I, God, this guy he he like he knew everything about the game, but the names of some of the spells are just insane. It's just like it's like somebody just let their cat just walk across the keyboard, and that's the name of the spell. It's like It's like the ultimate spell of destruction or something. <laughs> I caught some of that. I was watching Spoonie's retrospective. He did a retrospective of the entire series of Ultima, including the really bad ones at the end. <laughs> so um, the thing that I knew uh, since I grew up, uh, you know, God, I, I'll admit it. I grew up on an Apple house. Um, on our Apple, our Mac Classic now, uh, I played, actually, no, it was the Apple, uh, I believe it was the, the first version of the Mac. <laughs> um, we played, uh, it was a Might and Magic 1 and 2 box set that has been released, like, after the fact. It was, like, after it already mm. hit, like, critical mass, and then they did a 1 and 2 combo box, but... It it was on floppy disks, and then I remember when you were when you downloaded Ultima. I remember you you messaged me about how uh, you were like, "It's only ten megabytes." I'm like, "Yeah, they just don't make them like that anymore." <laughs> <laughs> this whole game's ten megabytes. Uh, I think we're gonna add in Draculetta here. Apparently, he has an itch, and we we we've tickled it. <laughs> we, we've spiked. Uh, he, I think it was his like early childhood, maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. This takes him back. This whole discussion. <laughs> He's like, I want to talk. <laughs> I just... didn't really. I, I kind of missed a lot of it when I was really young. Like the Commodore sixty four was a thing when I was a little little kid. I didn't actually get this huge one until I was a teenager. So I'm not, we're talking like mid nineties. Yeah. And then I... he, he... yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Same. There's this game I played, and, and it's like I'm sure it's reminiscent of a lot of these older games, but it's basically there's no real GUI, it's just you typing, and then they, they give you like feedback back. It's like a, some game of some robots in a facility for Commodore, and they had awaken them. I got a little ways into it, and they kept I don't know, either giving up or like something having horrible something happened because it's like oh you do a thing and all of a sudden bad things happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they. I think when I looked at 
video online of the NES version of this, it it looked like a much more pleasing version, so to speak. Mm. Like I like I really want to go back and play the NES version of this, but I think I'll play it on an emulator so I could do save states because oh my god. Yeah. Okay, so my second playthrough, once I figured out how to actually make a character, I got four par- four people up, you know, had you in there as the female barbarian. You're welcome, Ray. And <laughs> I walked in, I found Lord British, and I attacked him. <laughs> and you well, know what? Course, oh. You could start, you could fight him right off the bat. I lost, but you can fight him if you want to. <laughs> so welcome to the show. We got Draculetta in here. Hey, is my... Hey, welcome to the show. Hey, now it's working. There we go. Hey, I got it working. Yes, this is my childhood. Put the lime in the coconut, then shake it all about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I spent so much time playing this game. Really? During during my childhood. Yeah, on on my Commodore 64. Oh, wow. Okay, so I was a Commodore kid. <laughs> Commodore kid. Well, Started out on the was Vic the... 20. I was yeah, jealous. Oh, of the you, you you even got to the Vic twenty. Oh my! Yeah, goodness. I started on the Vic twenty and then moved up to the sixty four. <laughs> Didn't you love the tape drives? Oh yeah. <laughs> Kids have no idea. That's right. <laughs> they just have no idea that you could save your game on a cassette tape. <laughs> Load quotation mark comma star. <laughs> and when and it then didn't wait load, about thirty minutes. <laughs> Or if you got halfway through the load and it, it crashed for whatever reason, you get out your your alcohol and the cotton buzz. You give that tape player a good clean because you knew that you you'd be using that tape player so often. There's so much build up on it. <laughs> hang on, guys. Hang on. Mom, I'm on the phone. I'm using the internet. Get off the phone. <laughs> <laughs> That'll take you back. Okay. Uh, so. Did you play the entire, like, 1, 2, and 3 up to the point? Like, were you an avid fan and, like, waiting for Lord British to drop the next game? Yes, I was, actually. So, I I didn't do this research, but I I, I just now recall this. I remember, like, Lord British was, like, a dude that actually called himself Lord British, right? Richard Mm. Garriott. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, he was famous for going around all these little, you know, computer conventions. And, like, it was like, oh, my God, Lord British is here. (laughs) He was like, you know, the... the he was like a, a a rock star before there was such a thing as programmer rock stars. You know, he was the Marvel. exactly yes. <laughs> he was the the notch of the you know of the eighties. <laughs> like, I do recall not even playing this game. I knew who he was like back in the day, mm. and I think it was because of like early gaming magazines, like computer magazines, where they published code, <laughs> which is another thing they just don't do these days. Bite magazine, bite, uh, bite magazine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> quite familiar with that one. <laughs> when we got our Commodore sixty four in the mid nineties, there was like a magazine cover from like eighty four. Had a program in it, and like the cover was like Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Sounds right. I uh, I remember typing in. It was a it was a, a program that was spread across eight pages of a magazine, and. After I finished typing it all in, letter for letter, character for character, it didn't run because there was a syntax error somewhere. And just that is the most crushing defeat of my childhood, you know, with a computer. You're just like, somewhere there's a syntax error. Because <laughs> my 10-year-old butt 
didn't know how to, you know, hold the shift key and hit a, you know, a colon at the end of the, or a semicolon or something, you know. Then you learn how to debug really early. Basic doesn't debug. Oh, no. It just says, <laughs> nope, I'm not wrong. <laughs> I did one of those programs. And it turns out the program had a glitch where there was a line that was off-center that threw the entire thing off. I think it was the the, uh, the counter version of uh, Uno. It actually went through and actually managed to mostly fix it myself. Nice. <laughs> okay, so, uh, Drac, your, your nostalgic feelings on this game. Fire away fire away uh it's i just like i said i just i have so many memories of playing we actually there was a group of my friends there was three of us that played this game and we were like playing it together but we were all in our own houses so we were on the phone with each other (laughs) one of us actually was like cutting edge and had like three-way calling back then oh wow (laughs) like his dad had it for like work or something he must have worked for the fbi or something (laughs) (laughs) that just didn't that didn't exist back then (laughs) so like he would like call us you know like call me and then he'd call my other friend and then we would like sit here and like okay so i'll i'll do this and maybe you guys do it another way and then i won't save my game and i'll just like turn it off and start over if (laughs) if it like works better for you and yeah yeah it it was crazy we have all sorts of stories so in the dos box gog version your choices are permanent like i did something i tried to get out of that fight with lord british and i just killed the game and then i reloaded it and i was i was dead like it just instantaneously <laughs> saves all your decisions. <laughs> the the secret that we learned on the Commodore is you would after a while you would know when it was going to save, so you would just like pop the disc out. Oh wow! And then <laughs> it it would like error out then because it couldn't actually write to the game. So then you you would just have to like restart from your last save point. That's like a pinball, so, yeah. a professional pinball player, like nudging, <laughs> yeah. nudging the yeah, table exactly. just enough, you know. <laughs> it, it it took us a while to figure out the exact moment when it was going to save, and it's like just pop the disc out, and you're. Cause yeah, and, and another thing about the game too is I can't remember any other games before this actually requiring your characters to eat food. Yeah, that is very true. I remember because if you if you didn't eat food, you would actually kill yourself. Yeah, it was it was almost like an early version of poison. Like you would just yeah. slowly die <laughs> if you didn't have food. <laughs> yeah, and I can't remember any other games doing. I mean, there might have been like another RPG type game that did that, but I never played one that did. None of the NES well, era games had that. I know that. My for a fact. magic used food, but. Not in the sense that you need require you. You only need food as a requirement for resting, which if you couldn't rest, you couldn't gain back your um, spell points, hit points, or oh, what have you. So, if you couldn't rest and you're out in the middle of nowhere, um, Might and Magic had a really brutal save system where you had to go back to an inn to save. <laughs> wow, that's so early RPG. <laughs> Final Fantasy One. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know that 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 was like six years after these games even came out. <laughs> so. and the problem there was that there was a chance when you used a certain tent that you could actually get like a, a status effects and stuff, so you could actually lose characters while you sleep. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, wasn't uh, Final Fantasy? That was like ninety one, I think, somewhere around there. Uh, I think it was a six or seven. Was it? God, was it that early? 
Yeah, I guess it was. Ah, it's somebody else for a Wikipedia search. I hear typing. <laughs> yeah, I, I I personally was almost terrified of the Ultima games just because of their complexity. Uh, my friend would play it day and night, and he didn't look like he had gotten very far. But then I'd go home and I'd play Might and Magic uh, 1, and you know I, I, I made it several boards across the, the world when you're looking at the map and I'm like, okay, I love this. I'm actually, I'm actually like might magic was the first game where I actually like busted out some graph paper. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, <laughs> you had to do that for that game. Whereas, uh, actually with might and magic as the, the thing, that's where I started my own brain training because that, that sort of stuff you, you tended to start to memorize. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't like to think. <laughs> Games are for oh, fun, not that, for thinking. <laughs> uh, fun, fun fact, uh, Final Fantasy 1 release date was 1987 on the NES wow. in Japan, I think it was. Nice. There you go. The more you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, how far did you go into the series, Drac? I want to say five. Because there's like Ultima like 11 teen or something out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then there's like did... multiple spinoffs that don't even have numbers. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did up to five. And then by that time, I actually had like a IBM PC clone. And then I jumped into like Ultima Online about the time oh. of then. <laughs> So I played Ultima Online for like a long time. That was like the first MMORPG I actually got seriously addicted to. Nice. What? How similar was Ultima Online to the original single players? It was reminiscent a lot, actually, especially in some of the dungeons and stuff. And then, of course, you know, all the like major cities and towns over there. So you, it was like cool to like actually go into like Scarbray and actually see other players there, <laughs> not just NPCs. So, you know, that was the, the, the first time in Ultima Online that was like, oh my God, there's actually people in Scarbray. This is awesome. This is amazing. <laughs> It'll never get better than this. I can imagine the early MMOs also didn't have the serious level of cosmetics so you didn't see too many like shirtless dwarves running around <laughs> yeah, shooting exactly. off fireworks ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, the old days <laughs> I saw yeah, one a lot of the, the same day. person <laughs> I'm sure you did <laughs> uh, so um, the thing that I noticed that I had actually forgotten about until we got back into Ultima 3 was when I thought of the Ultima series, I kept, I kept reimagining. It would they. I thought that they were all like a blend of like fantasy and sci-fi because the first two that I remember playing had that weird like alien spaceship craziness to it. I right? I think you're thinking wizardry. Yeah, I gotta say there was no sci-fi in Ultima. Wasn't there? Mm. No, it was all no. fantasy. I thought the plot had something to do with like, I don't know. Maybe I, I mean, I, I, the I, most I'm most racking my brain here. <laughs> the most sci-fi Ultima got was like the the gates and like some of the later games to like jump from area to area. Hmm. 
and there was yeah, like the, certain, uh, there was like certain dungeons that you you could only go to when like the moon was at like a specific point because that would open up a specific moon gate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I must now, the, have been uh, playing wizardry off Gog or something because yeah, I have that too. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was wizardry. I think it was seven and eight that started bringing that in. Admittedly, I never got into the early wizardry uh, games myself. Okay. But, um, yeah. But the, uh, of course, in in classic uh, uh, plot twists of the early 80s, um, the boss of this, Exodus, apparently is the spinoff of the first two bosses. I guess they made love or something. So they were just like, oh, a third one. (laughs) (laughs) But it it sort of comes back as a... um, you know, a spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't played this game from 1983. Uh, <laughs> apparently, the Exodus, and I didn't get this far, he's some sort of a computer or an artificial intelligence that you kill via cards, is <laughs> the way I was led to believe. Is that, is that right? Did you beat the game, Drek? Can you have any insight into this crazy plot? Oh, I do. I did beat it, but I don't remember. It was like a... Like AI type. Well, they never really made it clear what exactly Exodus was, <laughs> but I do it's remember. Not, it's not the demon that's on the cover because that's not right. It. No, it's not. That, that's it's... clickbait right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very early clickbait. It you had to like you got clues all throughout the game on how you had to defeat it. I do remember that. <laughs> And it, it was, like, crazy because it, like, pissed me off because I hate puzzle, like, games. I don't do any puzzles at all in games. <laughs> I'm just, like, if I see a puzzle in a game, I'm, like, screw it. I'm out. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> it's and not like I, you could just be, like, oh, I'm at the final boss. Hit save state. No, that didn't yeah. exist. <laughs> or just, like, well, just let me jump on Google and find out how to beat this. Yeah. You know, back then, <laughs> we were, like, screwed. You know, back in my day, you had to actually beat a game. You had to call the Nintendo <laughs> tip line. Yes. Oh yeah. Get your parents. Get your parents' permission <laughs> first, kids. Mm. So the the final battle of this literally when I read it, and I watched somebody do it on YouTube or you know, pieces of it on YouTube. I'm like, this is almost as crazy as like the original Nintendo Metal Gear fight, where you get to the end and it's supposed to be like a nuclear computer, or nuclear tank computer or something, and it ends up just being a you're blowing up a mainframe. You're like, seriously. That's the end. <laughs> like it left people confused. There's a lot of harsh criticism about the ending of this game just because it was so weak. <laughs> so I do, I do remember it had you had to like get these magical like branding mark things and then you had to go to like this fire island and then you had to talk to like some time lord and then he helped you like he sent you to like this dungeon or something that's all I remember. And Not it was the- like what? Not the same you time, Lord, as you're all thinking yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just thinking back then, I'm like, what are you smoking, Gary? What are you on, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and, and I do remember this was like novel too. It seems like to me there was like, after you actually beat it, uh, you heard the voice of Lord British in your head, and it said, like, report thy victory. Mm-hmm. And if you wrote them a letter you would get a signed certificate from <laughs> lord british <laughs> i wonder if we oh could still God. do that i don't know 
<laughs> I never actually did it, but one of my friends did, and he actually still has that certificate. I'll see if I can get a that hold of him. That would be hilarious to try yeah. to write into, I guess, yeah. or- Origin Systems or whatever. Yeah. It's like, hey, I beat your game, man, and I was supposed to repeat, so where's my uh, free stuff? It's my well, Lord British do- autograph. You still can't get a hold of Lord British. He's doing making an, uh, an MMO with called the uh, Shroud of the Avatar. There you go. <laughs> Which I believe, um, actually, I got a, a, an email from, uh, from that because I was involved with that Kickstarter. I went in my Kickstarter phase, <laughs> and apparently they're going through their final wipe of the uh, beta. So um, that should be out soon <laughs> for anybody who's interested in Avatar type goings on. Which yeah, that is of course an Ultima game that is not an Ultima game because he legally can't release an Ultima game. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> but it's an Ultima game from what I've seen of it. Just not to be confused with Avatar or, you know, Avatar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. We are not talking blue space aliens. <laughs> or fun, Airbenders. Fun like fact, Airbenders. still haven't watched either of those. <laughs> so uh, let me go over some revolutionary things that it was for its time, right? Of course, it, it, it was boasted as revolutionary graphics for its time. But uh, it was one of the first RPGs on a computer to display animated characters. Do you recall that? Mm. Like, uh, very gr- fine example. You go into the first qu- castle. You, you're trying to walk up to talk to the Lord British, who you know it's Lord British because there's a gigantic sign above his head that says Lord British. <laughs> and the whole time, there's this little comical dude just jumping around the room like woohoo, you know. But it's like a stick figure, and you're like. The sad part is, despite everything being stick figures, you could tell that that's the jester. And you could tell which guy in your party is the cleric. And you could tell which guy is the wizard, you know? Do you recall that? It, Dra- it, yeah, even, even, actually, even with, um, you, like, your mind felt, feel, filled in the blanks. Even with, like, so the, yeah, um, sorry, I'm bridging back to Might and Magic as well. That was, <laughs> your characters are just names, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and that's almost the same thing with um, the the later series that uh, we were bringing up, the Legends of Grimrock. You know, it's just a it's it's a sideways character portrait. <laughs> you know, mm. you never actually see the, the 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 main characters, so to speak. So um, in regular play, uh, you're you're represented as a, a single single player icon, and I literally mean a stick figure. And, however, this is the first game that they had listed that it actually, uh, I'm, I'm guessing in the previous ones, maybe you could re- recall this, Drac, the previous ones, when you came across a, a, an enemy in the field, it was like you would sit there and knock blows, right? And this is the first one that sort of jumped to like a, a battle scream, correct? Yes. And um, <laughs> the first time that happened, how blown was your mind? You know, oh, I was like, "What the crap is going on with this?" <laughs> was this before or after you really got into D and D? About the same time. Yeah, I could see. Uh, I could see uh, this yeah, sort of breeding D and D. Yeah, players. it was. <laughs> I, I want to say this was before the. D&D. Because so I think I actually, played this, and then we jumped into D. Because uh, I think I I drifted into D and D a little bit after some of that to be honest 
Yeah, and ironically, my friend that played this game all the time, he was the one who got me into D and D. It's a gateway drug, man. It is. <laughs> now, did Ultima have like the really weird old DRM? I know it was a game I played in the mid '90s, uh, called the Summoning. It was like an old 286 computer, and every time you load the game up, you had to like go to the book and go to a page number and write down a bunch of symbols. <laughs> the DRM. Uh it might have. Did do you recall no, it, that? Yeah, no, it didn't have. Uh, the first game I remember actually having that was uh, Wasteland. Wow. I know okay. Wasteland for sure had that, and it seems like. Oh, uh, actually, no, I take that back. The some of the the gold box games from SSI, the the D and D games, Secrets of Silver Blades had that. Yeah, actually had to go to a certain page and oh. type in a certain like <laughs> like a certain word out of a sentence. They would say, you know, like go to page twenty in the book mm-hmm. and type in the fifth word in the fourth paragraph. Who and, keeps manuals? Yeah, exactly, and then. <laughs> Uh, other games in that series had had like a wheel that you would have to like oh the code wheel yeah oh the code wheels you <laughs> and we actually not that I'm I'm condoning doing this kids <laughs> do not do this this is bad we actually figured out we could like photocopy that and like cut that out and like go <laughs> to like the store and buy these little like things that would go and hold it together and then we steal uh, those from school <laughs> we maybe possibly copied each other's copies of some of these games back then maybe not that i'm condoning that lord british is sad i just made lord <laughs> british cry <laughs> we were kids man we could afford these games uh, once again don't do that that's bad yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> piracy is bad kids you get scurvy and all that <laughs> So uh, one mistake I made right off the bat was I started playing it solo, or I tried to. <laughs> so it's 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 a four-player party, but you have a, a choice between 11 classes, and apparently you could switch people in and out of the class at in, or any, in and out of the party at any time. How much of that did you actually end up doing, Drac? I can't remember doing that at all, but because the way, I the way they, they led it to believe was like you get into a dungeon and it's all trapped and you'd be like, crap, we need a thief. So you go back to town, you save, you pop out of the game, dump out, you know, the, the paladin, enter in a, a thief, and then go back to the, you know, it's like takes off right where the game, you know, stops. But of course, it's it's like super hardcore mode. So if someone dies, they're dead. Like there's no reviving them that I could see. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, it was it was basically permadeath, but I don't remember like swapping characters out, but I'm sure we probably did. Yeah, but it, the only way you could swap them out of course is on the load screen, which, you know, oh, on Well, of course. On the GOG version with the DOS box, you practically have to like <laughs> it's it's bad. <laughs> you have to like task manager close the game all the time. <laughs> Um, it shows 11 classes, fighter, paladin, cleric, wizard, ranger, thief, barbarian, lark, whatever the hell that is, illusionist, druid, and alchemist. And then, of course, there was five races, um, and they only had four of the main stats. It was strength, dexterity, intelligence, and wisdom. So each class had basically a, a fine spot between those four stats. No charisma, unfortunately. So we didn't have the the 
the pentagon of, of you know class stats there. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, I'm just browsing this article, just picking out fun stuff. Put some filler in, Drac. <laughs> um, I do remember that the dungeons in this game were like crazy super hard. Because unlike the previous two in the series, the level of the dungeon was not the same as your level. <laughs> so the deeper you went into the dungeon, the higher the monsters got. Nice. So if you got too excited and maybe, uh, you know, I'll go down to the fourth level. Because each dungeon, <laughs> I want to say, had like eight, nine levels. I think eight levels. And if you got cocky and just started going down and down and down, you could be like level four and you'd be up against like level eight things. <laughs> and you were just dead. It was like done. <laughs> I remember that because the it seems like the dungeons in the first two were not this hard. And uh, I do, it seems like, too, the dungeons in this one actually had, like, a semi-3D appearance. The The other ones were, like, all, I I guess the term would be wireframe. <laughs> and these, it actually, you, it, it wasn't, like, in 3D in your eyes, but you were actually walking down and you could, like, see the walls on, on the side of you. Mm -hmm. Or see the trap in front of you, which was... At that time, that was another thing that kind of like blew our mind. We're like, "Oh my god, this is awesome!" <laughs> yeah, I, I if I'm correct, uh, wasn't uh, Ray wasn't Mike Magic? It was almost pure those 3D dungeons, basically. Even mm -hmm. the, even the overworld was like a 3D. Even even the overworld, yeah, yeah. There there was uh, no right like back, overworld right map. No, uh, you you can actually go and uh, re uh, resource these sort of things. I think even with um, Might and Magic 2s, um, the overworld map, I don't remember uh, like mapping out on graph paper as much, but you really needed the the map that was supplied with the game mm -hmm. because that had map references on it as well. Oh, yeah. And you could collect location and Yeah. <laughs> And then you could basically find out like where a road was. Okay, you, you cast your location spell, and it's like okay, I'm in like C one. And then you look on the actual hard copy map. There's C one there. Okay, I'm <laughs> roughly around there. There might be a road like south. So I'm going to go due south until I hit this road. Then I'm right again. It was <laughs> way too easy to get lost. Oh yeah. So in Ultima three, it's hilarious because you look at the map. And apparently the map was an actual cloth map that they used to actually include in the box. Which but, I still have, believe it or not. Awesome. <laughs> but in uh, when you get it on GOG, they just give you a PDF of it. But when you look at it mm. on the PDF version, you're like, okay. Like, there's no mark. There's nothing on it. It's the most, it's the vaguest map in the world. So then you're like, okay, this is going to take forever to get across this. So you go out into the world, if you could walk almost completely across the map at level one, <laughs> you know, I was like, if you're lucky, yeah, I, 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 I was like trying to get to the, the town in the middle. Cause I read somewhere that if you, there's a town somewhere in the middle that you could just walk in and start slaughtering everybody to get experience. And I'm like, okay, let's go do that. Let's go kill guards. Right. And, uh, I couldn't figure out how to get in there because, of course, you know, to get in there, you got to use one of those weird moon gates. 
<laughs> but I, I circled the entire center of the map without ever touching anything, without fighting a single <laughs> thing. And I'm like, is the ga- is this really the game? Like, like if this was Dragon Warrior, I would have been in my 18th battle, you know, with like ghosts, you know. <laughs> I would have been killed by a, a wizard or a magidraki. That's how far I traveled from the castle, you know. <laughs> yeah, my magic was is a little bit more ruthless in the overworld as well. Mm-hmm. And if it's not fancy, if I would have been like 40 battles. My magic is it's ruthless even in the first town. Like there's some bad parts of town you're going to. <laughs> Don't very, go in the sewers, kids. Not very reminiscent one. of uh, walking through Bree the first time in uh, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> You're just like, oh, hey, oh my god, I'm being attacked. <laughs> uh, good times. So, uh, the it says here that uh, some of the commands you could use on the townspeople is, of course, talk, bribe, steal, and fight. I never even realized you could steal from them. <laughs> Maybe it's because I didn't have a thief with me, but I do remember attacking a lot of townspeople just just to <laughs> see, just to see if I could. And you can, <laughs> you could punch that jester right in the face. <laughs> and many people have over and over and over. Yeah, and even here, right here in this article, it says you could also choose to fight Lord British, but he cannot be killed, <laughs> thus resulting in a long, drawn-out <laughs> fight that the player will ultimately lose. I'll vouch for that. <laughs> uh, so, um, this game also featured uh, travel stuff, early game travel stuff, like you had a boat. Uh, do you recall anything else that you had? Cause, uh, I want to say it was like crazy expensive, but you could like buy horses in like some towns. Okay, but it was like super crazy expensive. I mean, it was, I want to like, say it was like a thousand gold or something, which... like hobby horse prices. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was like, uh, but the advantage of that, if I remember, is if you were on your horse, you didn't need to eat as much food. Correct. Because yeah. you weren't like running or walking, so you weren't, you know, in theory, using as much of your energy, so you didn't have to eat as. <laughs> so if you were like low on your your rations or your food, you could just like hop on a horse, and that would save you. And uh, the <laughs> boats, my I remember, horse, my horse is amazing. <laughs> the boats, I'm on a boat, y'all. The <laughs> boats, I remember, uh, there was like pirates that would come and attack you. Of course, and there was. You could actually, of course, because pirates make everything better. We, <laughs> you could actually, if you were good enough, you could defeat the pirates and like steal their ship, and their ship was like awesome. It was like the best boat ever. <laughs> and you needed that boat to get to like the end of the game. You had to go to like the underworld, and the boat was the only way to get to the underworld. You had to intentionally steer your boat into the whirlpool. <laughs> yes. Which seems like pure death, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. this is Ultima. <laughs> of course. Once That's again, what... what was Gary at smoking back then? But we won't discuss <laughs> that. That's what a hero would do. <laughs> oh, good times. Um, so, I, I, I definitely want to go back and play this on NES for one huge reason, right? Not only is the graphics all, you know, colorful and happy, right? Green grass instead of just black death everywhere. <laughs> um, on the NES, since you're restricted by a, a controller, 
when you hit the A or the B button, it pulls up a list of commands that you could actually use, right? So you don't have to sit there and just guess at what the hell I'm supposed to be doing all the time. <laughs> Does that make sense? Is that too cheaty, or do you think that it still stays within the spirit of the game, right? Where it shows you all of the commands that you can use. I would have killed for that back on the Commodore 64. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, less having to remember crap. <laughs> yeah, because there's some horrible... Uh, here, I'm gonna put this in our chat right here. Check out that picture. Just, it's beautiful. I'll put it in our the chat for the people in the uh, in the live room. Look at that beautiful picture. With look at all uh. those commands you could use. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> it even shows which direction you're traveling and what the sun or the moon phase is. It's beautiful. <laughs> And it's not that's leagues above the DOS version. It's not. Oh stick, yeah. It's not stick figures. <laughs> I'm like, I, to I would totally play this. Like, <laughs> so uh, that I think that's where I'm gonna we're we're, we're gonna end this discussion at least on the Ultimus uh, the Ultima side. Uh, it appears that some of the later ports, you know, sort of liven up the game, but mm. unless you're just old school, like. You know, like Drac. No, no offense. Get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> Who hates Pokemon? <laughs> uh, and people playing Pokemon. Uh, then, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> then maybe the GOG <laughs> version isn't for you. You know, maybe. But it is ridiculously tiny, and it's very—it's always on sale. So if you want to just experience it, I think you could pick it up for like a dollar at some points, and it would fit on. Like almost anything made, you know, made today. It's ten megabyte download for the entire executable game. So, yeah, they just don't do that anymore. <laughs> Games with food that are actually megabytes big is like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's mind blowing, isn't it? <laughs> Crap, it's a megabyte did, you speak of. What did I do with mm-hmm. disc seven? Damn it! <laughs> 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 the whole game is ruined. I think one of the Windows Ten. installs I had was like 20 or 30 discs. Mm. That sounds right. Oh yeah. Turn the disc over. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, these were the 1.44s. These weren't the big big ones. These were the, the smaller ones. The, the non-floppy floppies? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's good times. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Might and Magic, because apparently you, you were a little bit more passionate about that one, Ray. Yeah. So, obviously, you know, you got to the point where you hit the you hit the wall in Ultima, which for me was yeah. trying to kill that goddamn jester. Oh, he just keeps <laughs> just keeps moving around. He was he was he was killing my frame rate of like you know a thousand frames per second because the game is that basic. Oh yeah. <laughs> He dropped it to like you know nine hundred ninety nine frames per second. <laughs> ooh, yeah, ooh. <laughs> God, could DOS actually run that fast? <laughs> if you think about it, like I don't know, whatever. You switch over to Might and Magic One, right? Mm-hmm. How much more fun was Might and Magic One versus your experience, like sort of reliving Lord British's expertise? 
honestly, uh, the actual ca- the party makeup and the mechanics of Might and Magic was more to my my I suppose style, what I remember, and of, of course, getting back into that sort of thing took a little, little time, but. Uh, yeah, the 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 whole, the whole like the party mechanic structure and the combat structure was more turn based to what I what I'm kind of used to, rather than the the real time stuff that was in Ultima. Yeah, I I don't recall. Sorry, I was stretching to get another Guinness. Don't mind me. Um, I don't recall the Might Mag. Yeah, the Might Magic. It was roguelike in the sense that. If you stopped moving, the game paused for the most part. Correct. Mm, absolutely. Whereas in uh, in in the Ultima series, things would keep moving around. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, sure you'd uh, be able to like you'd stop in like when a combat happened in Ultima uh, three, but uh, yeah, uh, Might and Magic, everything pretty much stopped when you did. And also, yeah, as it the 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 combat is like very very turn based, and something that I suppose I could basically streamline my head around. Yeah, and I I know personally, like while I love the overworld feel of the Ultima, what they were sort of aiming at, graphically, just the, oh my god, when I saw it, it it was mind blowing. But it just didn't capture me until I got into the later like NES titles like Dragon Warrior where the overworld mm. was like a big colorful landscape, you know? And you're like, oh, yeah. yes, I want to see what's over that next hill. And it was always death, you know? But... <laughs> Admittedly, uh, the with Might and Magic 1, yes, you're still restricted to the same three or four different colors, but the the, the kind of like semi 3d world that you you, you slid around in so let's not uh, be around the bush there you, mm-hmm. you that's what you did um you got more of a feel of kind of like being there and being in that space and getting lost for the first few hours mm-hmm. and then after a while the muscle memory starts come back it's like oh yeah i know that corridor i know what that <laughs> that part of the town looks like i take a left here and i'll get to where i need to go um, the with oh just the 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 safe system with uh, might and magic was actually it has got me a little a little ragey <laughs> at points where I I'd ranged out a little bit further than I than I did from the uh, from the tavern and I thought I was getting a little cocky it's like oh, okay yeah I'm getting a bit of experience a little bit more gold and then I get <laughs> the, the go for a you know, had a total party wipe and you start back at the tavern where you'd last. <laughs> Lost saved save the game, so it's like ah, so I closed the game out and we went and did something else. But <laughs> but you started back the save yeah you know, where you save your game. It wasn't mm, like party wipe, yeah. you're dead, game over. <laughs> no. Although if you, one of your characters in the party died, more often than not, the rest of your party will die, and then it is start over. <laughs> oh yeah, it was a steamroller effect. <laughs> mm. One goes, they all go. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, there definitely is a lot of uh, you, you can bite off a lot more than you can chew, especially I, at level one. I remember playing these as a kid, and just my my early adolescence. You know, I was you know, middle school, right? 
I remember seeing game mechanics like thieves and stealing, and I'm like, I just couldn't ever play as one of those characters. Like, I would always just do straight up like fighter or cleric. I, I couldn't even get into the wizardry, you know, the magic too much. But <laughs> it, it wasn't until, you know, just later in life when I realized, I was like, okay, a thief just isn't just stealing all the time. They, you know, they have very specific things about, you know, disarming traps and backstabbing and stuff like that. <laughs> I think a lot of my pre... Um, I'm trying, struggling to think of the word now. My, my, my concepts of what fantasy tropes uh, basically were actually developed from reading the uh, Dragonlance series. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Th- that was actually... Uh, I think it was a little bit... Uh, it was around about the same time I got involved in, with Dungeons & Dragons. So that actually really cemented what a fighter was. And just that uh, uh, that series, that book series, <laughs> like the, th- the thieves, etc. I mean... Kenders weren't really thieves, but uh, they just had the knack of misappropriating things. Yeah, <laughs> misappropriating. <laughs> I I I definitely recall in middle school when somebody was like, "Dude, you got to read this," and he hands me a copy of The Hobbit. I'm like, "What the hell is this?" And then mm, that, actually, that the was Hobbit. that was a gateway drug. But mm. but closely after that, my friend who had. Ultima was like, "Oh, you love the Hobbit, you'll love this." And he gave me the Dragonlance. <laughs> he gave me the Dragonlance series. He's like, "Oh, this is like so much deeper." I'm like, "Okay, you know." And then he's like, "If you like that, come over. We'll play. You know, we'll actually play D and D." I'm like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> you know." <laughs> Dracula is yeah, silent. Actually, he's, he's crying right now. He's that's re- right. He's, rem- <laughs> he's remembering his youth. <laughs> oh, actually, speaking of back. the Hobbit being a ga- gateway drug. <laughs> Uh, my ninth year of high, yeah, my ninth year of schooling. Uh, that was my English teacher's uh, book report. Nice. That was my first fantasy book, uh, pretty much ever. <laughs> and that was a slippery slope that delved into uh, Lord of the Rings, which, uh, at the time, the school's library they had they had all the books, yet. I got through Fellowship of the Ring and I, I devoured that so quickly and I looked for the Two Towers. The Two Towers wasn't out. Oh, wow. It was was out. Someone else is reading it. Oh, somebody it, had it. Okay. Somebody else had it. Like, but how Return old are you? King well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, what? It wasn't even out yet. Yeah. No. Nah. It, you it, sound it, really young been, for your age. <laughs> thank you. Uh, it, hadn't, it hadn't been returned as yet, so I... Pulled out. I uh, actually borrowed the Return of the King and read them out of sequence. Oh! <laughs> so when Two Towers came back, I pretty much picked, <laughs> got the Two Towers back, and uh, it was a little bit of a disjointed read, but I managed it uh, nonetheless. <laughs> All kinds of confused. <laughs> Like, wait, that dude's spoiler alert. That dude's king. No, not yet. What? I'm confused. Oh, he's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> the, the whole chase between getting the hobbits, like saving the hobbits from the orcs and getting to Isengard bit, it was actually in the two towers, it was very irrelevant to the, re- the return of the king. So, <laughs> it was all sort of disjointed. Like, oh, that's there, awesome. But, uh, I used to do that with uh, Star Trek books. <laughs> Willie Shander did three books. He did The Return, Ashes of Eden, which actually came first, and then The Avenger. I read them Avenger and The Return and never actually read the first book. 
<laughs> nice. Well, in, Star, is, in Star Trek, you can be like, they went back in time through a wormhole. Well, you know? that they keep referencing stuff that I, I didn't see in the first book because the first book is supposed to explain what happens to the Enterprise A. Apparently, it's destroyed. They keep referencing it in the Return and the Avenger. It's like <laughs> so the referencing all this stuff I have not heard before. Okay. I'm never gonna forget the story, Ray. <laughs> Just <laughs> I'm not either. That's the best ever. That's. I uh, I'm I'm guilty apparently of spoiling the end of the Lord of the Rings to my friend. I didn't realize we were watching the movies, and I thought he had watched all of them because they had been out for a couple. <laughs> oh, he had no. been out. They'd been out for a couple years, and I thought he had read the books and everything. And we were like, ha- we were like, he was like one long drinking day at his house, you know. And we were like halfway through the two towers, and I, I, I'm like, oh, he's gonna miss that finger, you know. And my friend's like, what? Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, when Gollum bites it off and they fall into the fire. No. And he's like, what? And he, he paused it. And he's like, did you just ruin the ending? Oh, oh, those are good times. That takes <laughs> me back. <laughs> and then he went into the army. So, ah. <laughs> uh, Good times. So, uh, are, are we going to have to do like a serious playthrough of the Might and Magic, or should we like jump to another fantastically old game? Because I know eventually, at some point, I want to cover Baldur's Gate and Neverwinter Nights. Those are some Bard's great tale. Bard's Tale. <laughs> okay, we could do Bard's. I yes, I played Bard's Tale. Like I played an hour of it on my iPad. I want to say. It was like my toilet game of the week, you know. But so I'll, I'll I'll go find it on PC or something, and I'll give it a serious play. Okay. I'm just trying to remember which uh, Buzz Tale I actually did start on. I believe is actually Buzz Tale Three, is uh, the game that I remember. Does Gog have Bard's Tale? Let's see here. Yeah, it does. They gotta have that. <laughs> Bard's. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely Buzz Tale Three that I remember. You do know that they're working on the new Bard's Tale. Really? Yeah, there was a Kickstarter, uh, I want to say late last year, that did successfully kickstart. So yeah, they are going oh, to... Oh, really? Yep. <laughs> they're, they're going to reboot the series, and it's going to go back to the originals. It's under Bard's well, Tale, because... comma, the... Yeah, as as long as it's not the the other Bard's Tale that they came out with. Oh god, that game on. sucked so bad. <laughs> oh, that game was so horrible. So this one looks like it legitimately has like nice, colorful graphics, you know, on top mm. of on top of other stuff, you know. So yeah, Bard's Tale was another one of those games. It's sort of too many hours of my life. Switches back and forth between colorful graphics and you know text textual screens. Oh yeah. Nope. I, uh, I think they had a little bit more explanation on their uh, spells and stuff as well, <laughs> from recollection. This must be good. But... It's nine ninety nine. <laughs> Ooh. Now I remember the Bard's Tale. I it, he was sort of like uh, he was like a sarcastic. Like he had a little quips for everything. Is that correct? Is that the game I'm thinking of? That's yeah, a that was the horrible yeah. piece of crap one you're thinking of. Yep. <laughs> okay. It's horrible. Um, trust me. Don't even install. Don't even think about installing it. Just <laughs> run, run so far the other way. If you, if that's like, if somebody says here, install this game. It's fun. No, no, it's not. <laughs> okay. 
okay. It's bad. It's evil. Go away. The power of Christ compels you to go the away. The power of Christ compels you. <laughs> yeah, it was bad, dude. It was really bad. <laughs> you know, we should we should get into Planescape Torment because the Kickstarter for the sequel-ish is going to be released soon, I think. Have you guys uh, Torment? Uh, did you guys follow that on Kickstarter? There's I a, didn't follow it on Kickstarter, but I have played the game. It's a Torment Tides of Numeria, I think is the, the new one that they're releasing, but it's supposed to be the successor, spiritual successor to Tor- Planescape Torment. With the floating skull named Morty, what could not be loved about it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> ah, those are the days. Um, okay. So, I think we, we've rubbed this into the ground in a good way. Yep. We've all established that some games don't hold up, but maybe the, like with that NES version, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a good solid try. We're going to see what happens. Uh, let's go into the, uh, finding time to grind. So we got, uh, apparently we have two extra guest hosts this week. Uh, so Sapapa, Sapopa? Did I say that right? What are you playing this week? What's your games? Mostly Starbound in World of Warcraft. Starbound. I've been playing that. That released, didn't it? Yes. I bought it. I'm so confused by that game. (laughs) I've had over 20 hours in since the update. So, how are you finding it? Aside from the lag, which is mostly just my CPU getting stupid hot. I'm enjoying it. Some of the progression, there's a, only one minor really annoyance I have is that there's a quest you get very early on that even in the fourth tier of armor, I can't seem to beat. Hmm. Yeah, I uh, I started playing that. Um, I, mind you, I'm only like two hours into it. And coming from being okay at Terraria, I sort of expected the same thing, but with like a sci-fi twist. But it is just brutal <laughs> like when you don't know what when you have knowing nothing about the game jumping into it and i'm thinking okay i'll just build a cute little hut oh god i'm being attacked like instantaneously it's like nighttime and things are invading and i'm like i died so much and then i don't they know made a couple of changes i don't know if i necessarily agree with like getting fuel now is very dangerous and it wasn't like that before the update yeah i have and i think that the the normal mode is a little too punishing. Like, I can expect losing the ore and valuable materials, but why do I lose my healing items whenever I die in normal mode? Yeah. I, I ended up turning it down to, like, complete wussy settings. <laughs> and I'm enjoying a little bit better. I bought a copy for my sons, and we've been trying to play multiplayer on a server that I'm hosting off my own computer, and... They're just not, like, I'm not good at this game, and they're really not good at that game because they're, like, six and eight. So <laughs> lots of death, lots of respawning, lots of beaming back down to planets. <laughs> uh, you play anything else? Um, there's a few. I occasionally dabble in Minecraft. I just haven't been playing as much of that lately. You're in good people here. <laughs> so what are you playing this week, Drac? 
I haven't actually been playing a lot because I am getting ready to go to Gen Con to cover that for DDO players. Shun the non-believer. Shun! <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, I have been playing, of course, uh, a lot of Dungeon Dragons online because yeah, do a uh, podcast and you have a site about it. You kind of have to play it a lot. That's my excuse, <laughs> at least. So <laughs> I've been playing that. And uh, I did actually jump in to Darkest Dungeons again. I kind of quit playing that for a while. Mm. So I did yeah. play that for a while and um, actually got my ass kicked, which it should be. That game is <laughs> brutally hard. Oh, my God, that game is hard. Well, they don't call it the Shaded Dungeons. No, it's the <laughs> Darkest right. Dungeons. <laughs> Uh, and uh, really, that's about it. Like I said, I've been uh, kind of busy getting to leave all next week. <laughs> so you're going to run into your uh, girl at Gen Con? Is she going to be there? She is not. I was disappointed. I was hoping. Miss Felicia Day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> of course, actually, I'm kind of wondering if that restraint will in effect. <laughs> <laughs> might be. Maybe it's a good thing she's not going to be there. I kid. I joke. Joke people. Uh, I just like I people that didn't hear the Gen Con story won't actually un- Yeah, you gotta go back and really listen funny. to the Gen yeah, Con story. Where was you've 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 done it on multiple podcasts. No, actually the only one I've done it on is Guild Wars Players. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. Which I don't even know if it's still available. I think they're still there. Um, I, I think. But I don't remember what episode it was. I will look it up and I can tell you and add it to your because <laughs> i can't remember what episode it was but yeah i've only ever done that story once and it was on there <laughs> so the too long did not read version he actually ran into felicia day literally <laughs> literally <laughs> ran into her so uh ray what do you best day of my life <laughs> don't ruin his moment <laughs> doesn't it have the fun of the cons meeting people you know running into people like that <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah, the few cons I've been to, I just tried to not touch anything. <laughs> just like, ugh. I haven't been to any, ever, so. Uh, what are you playing this week, Ray? Uh, this week coming up, or the week just going? Sure. It's our, sh- uh, okay. it's our show, make it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> Um, well, it's, I suppose I'll probably be uh, do, playing a little bit more on Dragon Age Inquisition. I've been, uh, I actually went and bought that for a, a very cheap price of uh, 28 Australian dollars, which is pretty damn cheap in anybody's book. Uh, a game that, while it, it looks really, really great on PC, you really need a controller to play it because it's been developed for consoles, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. It controls a lot better with a controller, mind you. But anyway, um, probably more Minecraft that's going to be happening at some point this weekend. Well, it has to happen this point, some point this weekend mm-hmm. because I have to keep my YouTube channel going. Uh, you can find that at youtube.com forward slash Raytat Rages. Shameless um, plug alarm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> keep going. Uh, uh, let me see. What else? I'm just looking at the, my myriad of uh, shortcuts on my messy uh, desktop. Uh, that's right. Going to be playing a little bit more Subnautica as well. Of course, that's also something going on to the YouTube channel. Watching you uh, get attacked by those piranhas was hilarious. 
He's like, you're sitting here trying to build a base. You're like, what is biting me? You just keep turning around. Like, Leave me alone. <laughs> it was. It's enough to be annoying, but it, it, not enough to actually be a serious threat. I know. Just, <laughs> it was like watching somebody just get ate by mosquitoes. <laughs> that was some good YouTube right there. Um, apart from that, I'll be uh, doing a little bit uh, more uh, playing Ark, actually. Playing Ark Survival Evolved on the uh, quote-unquote community server that uh, is run for, through myself for uh, viewers and anybody else in my friend's group who uh, wishes to join. Feel free. Uh, if you like to also like uh, join in on the Ark, uh, I don't know. Send the X, XP quest a uh, an email and we'll get in touch. I should really uh, edit last week's Drag episode. Drag your butt in there. <laughs> I should really edit last week's episode and release that. Yeah, I plan on joining the Arkstock if I ever get a better machine. Right now, my machine just takes half an hour mm. to load the game. Oh, yeah, Ark is brutal mm. on your video card. Mm. I'm just, I'll warn you about that. <laughs> well, I'm also using um, a six year old laptop, so. Oh, yeah, you're screwed. Yeah. You want to melt that uh, thing? It, Arcs your game. <laughs> this heat, the way we haven't run here lately, I have a feeling wild if I melt it. It's crashed on me twice today. <laughs> um, apart from that, uh, there's no other plans. Uh, actually, no, I tell a lie. Uh, I was approached by a community manager of uh, the game called Chroma Gun. Nice. With a uh, with a key, and I installed that game, and it looks quite interesting. It looks it's a pretty much um, I wouldn't say it's a spiritual successor to Portal, but it runs very much along the same kind of mechanics, but nice. not quite. Nice. So I'll be probably putting a review up there on the uh, my YouTube channel as well. Remind me at when some we're point uh, or another. Remind me when we're offline to tell you the perks about having a podcast. <laughs> Okay. We get a lot of free keys. <laughs> it's awesome, isn't it? I mean, it's what awesome. are you talking about? <laughs> I didn't uh I didn't pay for Guild Wars 2 at all. <laughs> the entire thing, end to end, with the expansion. <laughs> I actually regret paying for Guild Wars 2. Oh <laughs> no! Oh, I put time snap. into it, but the problem is that they could please, unless you pre-ordered the expansion. And you bought it after a certain date. The only way to get the like the refund on some of the cash was if you pre-ordered the expansion. I didn't get a chance to do that, so basically I'm spending fifty dollars when I already own part of the game because I bought the base game. Uh, yeah. yeah, I guess yeah. My my the last episode of Guild Wars players that we did, we we discussed that <laughs> in detail. <laughs> I would be more inclined if it was like twenty dollars by the expansion. Oh, I haven't been right on top yeah. of that, but at $50, <laughs> I'm not, no. No, the, no amount of ink games are going to make up for that. The Guild Wars shenanigans, as we called them. Actually, I think that was like the first episode of XP Quest, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, was, yeah. <laughs> With guest host Draculetta. Yeah. <laughs> not to Another podcast you wrote me into. I mean, not like WoW's. Own... <laughs> I mean, not like WoW charging $50 for Legion, but new players don't got to spend fifty that much money. It's. If you went into the game now, a month for the next expansion, you pre-order the expansion, you're paying seventy total, twenty for everything that's up to current, and then fifty for the new stuff, which isn't really that bad. It pays to wait, man. I'm telling you. I uh, mm. 
I'm never like even in like Lord of the Rings Online, I am unbelievably behind the current you know thing. So if they dropped Moria like tomorrow, I'd be like, yeah, I'll, I'll get there next year, you know. And by then, it's on a Steam sale for like twenty bucks, <laughs> and I don't feel bad for not you know being up to current. I've played okay. WoW for like nine years, but. It doesn't really bug me that much, but you know, if I save my girlfriend in the WoW, we only got to pay twenty bucks to get her caught up to the content that's current for another month. Yeah, you played WoW extensively, didn't you, Ray? Yep. <laughs> to uh, <laughs> a bit of a detriment, so uh, yeah, it's a sore point. It's a sore point. Okay, we'll drop it. Uh, what mm-hmm. I was grinding on this week, uh, of course, Ultima Three for. Maybe about two hours. I'll be realistic here. Um, I did uh, bust out some Bioshock. I had to. I had to go back to Rapture and just shoot some crazy people in the face. It's just like I had to do it. <laughs> and then of course I, uh, I I I I played Starbound for a few hours with my sons, and it's the jury's still out on that one. It seems exciting. I just think I need to get over this like beginning hump. Uh, and then, of course, we were playing uh, just a lot of Minecraft offline. And I, I'm actually getting to this point, Ray, where unless I'm playing a Minecraft pack that actually has a an actual quest book, I almost just lose interest. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah, it, uh, I, I do understand that. Um, like, I've hit especially a wall in that, in that sky block the the extreme crazy skyblock version mm. we were playing like i've hit a wall in that where i'm just like i just don't care <laughs> you know <laughs> like it's you bad have, to have a motivation to to get somewhere yeah that's basically what the quest book uh in in any uh like a uh, mod pack gives you is like a goal to work, work to work exactly towards. even if it's ludicrous you're just like oh my god how many how much there's a caveat with that though I was not really enjoying them as much my craft. I ended up playing a whole bunch of HQM packs, and then I ended up playing Regrowth, which, after a few months of that, I don't think I'm going to touch an HQM pack again for a long while. Mm. <laughs> uh, Ag- Agrarian Skies 2. Uh, I made it about halfway through that. I made it to the end of Galactic Science. Wonderful pack. Um... And then when like I I caught up to the the beta version that they were releasing, like I actually went to go to the final place and there was nothing, <laughs> so it was like I caught up to where they were still programming. So I'm like, ah. <laughs> I enjoyed that the science, but never finished it. And then um, the one that I'm playing now is I'm sort of beta testing on the you know these these guys servers that I knew from the old uh, this week in Minecraft days, and. It's funny because, like, when I started testing this pack with them, there was, like, five or six people that were on all day. And then, like, the the last few nights I've joined, I've been the only one on the server. So I'm thinking that even the people that are, like, beta testing this pack are, like, <laughs> sort of like, eh, I'm done with this. <laughs> so I, something in my something in my mind tells me that I just need to stop playing Minecraft. Does it make sense? Like, I just need to just focus on games that can be beaten. 
You know, because I feel like I'm just building the same things over and over and over again. How sad is that? <laughs> yeah, you get a little um, bit. Of, I've, I've actually been a bit of a creative rut myself. I wanted to build something cool in a friend's server I've been playing on, and it's like, that thing comes to mind, so I just haven't logged in in like a week or so. Probably because it's a Starbound. <laughs> Stupid Starbound. Ruining and, everything. <laughs> oh, part Starbound, part the fact that it's been like 80 to 90 here, and my computer is not like Minecraft in this heat. <laughs> There is that. <laughs> so let me, uh, you mentioned um, something that I actually wanted to throw out as a discussion question real quick to the group here. Um, Ray, you said that you thought uh, that the Dragon Age is better playing with a controller because it was made for consoles. Do you think that that's the way that most northern american rpgs are going to be aimed like they're going to be built for consoles and then sort of just ported over to pc uh honestly i believe that's that is going to be the case for a lot of western um developed games period to be because uh, consoles are Let's let's face it, uh, us PC elitists, <laughs> there are not as many, many of us as there are of the uh, the people who own consoles. So it makes sense to develop for consoles. Um, the, the the actual the sheer fact of actually picking up a controller was like totally foreign to me until I found a few games that actually I was able to teach myself <laughs> how to use a controller. Going be like, it's like, what's this thing? Like, it's the Xbox 360 controller, and I'm trying to figure out how to like, uh, like the buttons and stuff, and how to get the actual the coordination happening. Now it's actually as natural as anything, like using a mouse or even Wasset or what things like that. Mm -hmm. So it's just another extension of my PC now. True, but it's basically it's. For developers not to, well, basically they have they have to develop for consoles as well. They want to get to the largest, um, well, basically hit the largest portion of the market. They have to basically put something out for everybody. In a perfect world, I like to see games support both and do it both properly. But there's a lot of games I've noticed where some games the mouse and keyboard are way better than the controller, and obviously vice versa. Like. Uh, Darksiders. Mm. Darksiders 1. Mouse and keyboard controls are pretty bad. So I just use a controller with that. I, I just don't see the the you know the, the classical monolithic RPG you know giants ever achieving anything close to what they came to on a console, you know? You just can't really do Baldur's Gate on a console, right? You, they, they, Gate, they, no. they achieved Diablo 3, right? But they sort of mm. bastardized the entire game down to where you could do it on a console, right? But, you know, when you look at some of the, the, the just the classics, you know, the, the old D&D &D stuff, even like this uh, Ultima, right? You could never pull that off on a, uh, truly on a console. Now, there's obviously the NES port. I'll give it a try. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> but I, I, I just somehow to my core, I just feel that like all of the really good, you know, time lasting, deep RPGs are still always going to be on, you know, PC or, or whatever, you know. 
just pick up Diablo 3. Diablo 3 has this really weird distinction. There may not be any controller support for it, but if you have, like, a, a gaming mouse, you could basically use nothing but the mouse. Yeah, see, I haven't... I've. I've only heard about Diablo 3. I've never actually played it. So. I have all my skills bound to my mouse. The only thing I have bound, but I don't actually use the healing button because it's easier to hit Q mm. than it is to hit something on the mouse with my G600. I mean, do they do they even really have that many good MMOs for consoles, truly? A lot of them are actually coming to console. Uh, DC Universe Online is on a few of them. Uh, Neverwinter, I believe, is on the console now. And obviously Destiny, which is a pseudo-MMO. But they start out, of course, on PC. <laughs> you know, there's never like a oh, con- Destiny. All of the good, con- all of the good MMOs start out on you know PCs that will run South Korea for the most part. But uh, that's a joke aside. Yeah, hmm. I'm trying to think if it started on- other than Destiny, consider that an RPG. I don't, that, that I don't necessarily understand that Korean culture. Like the the gaming culture over there is like. Like you hear stories of people dying because they didn't bother getting up inside the <laughs> cafes they were sitting on for like 24, 48 hours. Uh, you gotta love South Korea. <laughs> well, I guess this is a different thing too. Is I think more people have like hope internet here in the states and like Australia than they do in like Korea. So they have those places where people just sit there and these little semi-social environments. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's really no such thing as just a, a a PC store that you go to and you just rent internet. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't exist here. Uh, actually, it's called the library. Actually, in my area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just people watching YouTube videos and stuff. I... <laughs> okay, so fun uh, fun fact: my kids guilted me into playing uh, Pokemon with them the other day. I put on Twitter that they, you know, we went around, we drove out to some Poke stops, let them walk around, they hatched some eggs. And then they were like, we want to go fight. And I'm like, okay, you know, my kids are eight and six. I'm like, okay, well, you know, your Pokemon suck. But yeah, sure, let's go to a gym. So I finally found a gym that wasn't their team. And it was at the library in our area. Our library here in Cincinnati, the library system's awesome. There's like, you know, 29 branch libraries and it's, it's, it's amazing. But Mm. we get there and the first thing we jump out of the car the kids are like let's go in and get books i'm like it's summertime but okay nerds <laughs> if you really want to go get books so you know what we went in there for like an hour they were looking for books that they wanted to read you know and we're looking for like entry level like first grade books you know <laughs> and i'm like God, my kids are nerds. We came here to play a video game, and they're out. You know, they want books. <laughs> kind of the opposite. <laughs> I, I can go. I can sit on my balcony and see the library, <laughs> and I have. I rarely go in there. <laughs> so, um, half of our library is like audio and video, like DVD movies. I'm like, seriously? Like, when did like the somehow half the library is like a blockbuster, right? And then the other half is good books. And, of course, uh, you know, my wife and I have been watching Game of Thrones on HBO. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go see. I'm going to go find the book. We're here at the library. I'm going to go find Game of Thrones. Didn't have it. Jerks. But they could order it for me. But uh, uh, it was sort of a letdown. <laughs> the library failed me. 
even some of like the uh, like the Star Wars books, Star Trek books. I even seen less of those over there last time I was over there. I was like, we had to do something else on the second floor, so we don't ever take a look. It was like, wow, there's almost no decent, good, recent sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I even, like, from back in the day, I remember that in the Cincinnati library system. I, like, went down to the main library, and they have just shelves of fantasy and science fiction, but it was just, like, obscure, like, indie publishers and stuff, and I'm like, ugh. That's on the bright mm. side nowadays. If I want to order a book, which I actually did a few months ago, I just go to Amazon. There's a whole bunch of paperbacks less than ten dollars. I ordered a couple, uh, two of the Christie Golden uh, Warcraft books. I got Arthas and the Jane Pridemore one. <laughs> yeah, For, I think sadly, I'm, cheap. I'm, I'm more into the uh, <clears throat> borrowing things from a Swedish website. So uh, <laughs> if it's digitalized, <laughs> you can get it. <laughs> That's awesome. I have a friend in Sweden that will get me anything. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I actually find it hard to read books on the computer, strangely enough. See, that's the beauty of the iPad. <laughs> I say, that's what iPads are for. That's literally the only thing I use my iPad for anymore. Besides the occasional porn, you know, machine. Let's be honest. Okay. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so speaking of porn machine, uh, if you like XP Quest, uh, you could support us on Patreon. Uh, we have, uh, I don't even know how many donators this week. Maybe, you know, 20, we have 28 donators. We have 28. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. We have 28 donators and Patreon. We're rolling in the, the singles. We're totally sending people to Gen Con. That's how expensive we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, <laughs> you I like wish. to support shows like on the Players Alliance Network, like XP Quest or you know, DDO Players. Go to our donation page where you can support the Players Alliance. Uh, and there are rewards out there like a mention on our podcast of our choice. Shout out to you know who you are. That could have been your name. Or you could even be a guest on the uh, XP Quest. But honestly, we're pretty we're pretty flexible on this show. Just be like, hey, I'll take be, anybody. Be like, I want to be a guest. And yeah, to be like, send me one beer. You'll be a guest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You can follow us all on Twitter at uh, the Players Alliance is at Players Ally. XP Quest is, of course, at XP Quest. Uh, I'm at DJ Pimp Daddy, and you are at Ray Tech Rages. Yeah. And, of mm-hmm. course, you can find his fantastic uh, YouTube over at uh, YouTube.com slash user slash Ray Tech Rages. They recently changed their naming thing, didn't they? Like, you could actually change your name now easily. Well, I can change my name, but I can't change the name of the URL on my channel, unfortunately. Oh, uh, so okay, okay. I am stuck with my oxymoron for the rest of eternity. <laughs> so, uh, to our guest, uh, Dracula, what's your Twitter? Where can they find you? What's your thing? What's your beef? You can find me at ddoplayers.com. Also on Twitter, if you want to follow me, it is at Draculetta underscore 72. Because the person that has at Draculetta will not give it up and it's never tweeted but i digress the first 71 suck is what you're saying <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and uh uh what about you mystery uh sapopa i have a twitter with the same name on here but that's about it i haven't touched my twitch in a very long time it appears not popping off the stream yeah, it sounds if you if your game if your computer's like melting just playing games, yeah, you're probably not Twitch streaming too much, right? And <laughs> any content they have on YouTube is so not worth watching that 
yeah. I rendered this on my Texas Instrument 85 calculator. It was like two, I think the last <laughs> video was like two years ago that it was actually public. <laughs> actually, it was around the time I met Raytac, actually. It was a, a friend's server we were, I was playing on. Nice. Uh, of course, we got the Players Alliance live shows every Monday night at 8.30 on the dot. You guys are very punctual. Uh, you have DDO players. I blame that on Pine Leaf, actually. That's what I was just about to say. <laughs> uh, we have listed every other Thursday at uh, 9 p.m.-ish. Uh, we have XP Quest, apparently, whatever that show is. Um, uh, and Ray and I, actually, uh, we've been trying to do every Thursday now. But I'm going to be brutally honest. Next week, I'm going to be on vacation. I'm going to be in Wisconsin because it is August next week, and it is going to suck. And Wisconsin sounds like a lovely place to be in August. So uh, it's much more north than where I am. It's about as far north as I could go without getting a passport, if that makes sense. (laughs) That's right. I'm going to be drinking... Some local wine, eating some cheese curds, and watching the grass grow. Uh, The last Friday of every month, they have Lotro Academy on the same channel. And Saturdays at 8.30, the flagship Lotro Players News. And we we haven't picked a next episode. Let's pick it now. What are we throwing down next episode? It's probably not going to be next week. It's going to be the week after that. Uh, did we want to do Bard's <laughs> Tale? Like a specific Bard's Tale? Uh, I mean, uh, lo- looking around actually at the uh, the specific Bard's Tales, and the it's a little hard to actually get the uh, the older versions. Okay. You, you, you can actually get them as uh, backup bonuses if you uh, go and pledge for uh, Bard's Tale 4, which I might consider doing, actually. <laughs> um but uh, apart from that, do I need to that, check is... my Swedish sources? Oh, <laughs> yeah, the uh, the uh, the only other way to probably get the game is uh, via abandonware, which is not technically <laughs> piracy, but uh, <laughs> it's a gray area. Well, this mm. is XP quest. We can do anything that had XP. So, like, you want to throw down like a, a you want to throw down like a SNES title or something or. Uh, Battletoads, <laughs> I challenge you. <laughs> Battletoads. <laughs> I've not played Battletoads. Uh, totally just tossed the Final Fantasy games in there. <sighs> the Final Fantasy games are just. <sighs> Man. Some are a little more polarizing. I know 7 is very polarizing. I it think is a very polarizing game. It's not as good as 9. Uh, as for Final Fantasy, I think I actually got that on Steam. That I bought 9. Another. He has to play much of it. Uh, Final Fantasy I... Seven. Uh, seven. You're gonna make me play Seven finally. <laughs> I've owned it, but yeah. I, have, I haven't okay. played it out of spite. <laughs> yes, I, I see that you do own the game, and I own the game, and we both have not played it. So yes, that's going to be the throw-down challenge for God damn two it. weeks. We're playing Final Fantasy Seven. Okay, that's next episode. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how I might hate myself yet, but anyway, this is like the, the game where good. some dude has a sword that's bigger than him, and one dude's arm is a gun or something like that. Is that correct? Pretty much. I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Comments from the peanut gallery say pretty much. So let's <laughs> let's go. With Actually, that. what I've had funny with that. 
that the dude with the machine gun arm is only the second most badass character in the, in the game, in my opinion. The most badass being the pilot, Sid. <laughs> I'm thinking we need to invite him back for the Final Fantasy episode. <laughs> mm. Quite possibly. <laughs> I've okay. played through. I haven't played through seven in a while, but I've played through that several times back about you know, mid two thousands, in the <laughs> early two thousands. <laughs> nice. Okay, so next episode, Final Fantasy VII. It is settled. It's it's written in stone. It is moot. God help us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Join us next time. Uh, any final thoughts from anybody? All games are great. All games are good. Pro uh, tip, if you go back to Ultima Three, you can drag the cannon from the dock into the castle and kill Lord British. What? <laughs> I know what I'm doing later. Because <laughs> honestly, that guy needs to die. He's very snooty. His name is huge. Use it's the like cannon. Lord British. Like you walk in, you can't not tell that it's Lord British. <laughs> okay, we're gonna end this episode here. Everybody have a fantastic week. Everybody find time for the grind. Peace out. Till next time.